Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. Time's a charm. It's fine. Uh, and you know what else is fine is this lovely race to the end of the season, all the way up to the top, which we don't need. That's a lie. We just need to sneak into the ninth spot, ideally eighth, because we'll get home field. But if we can get seventh and just go straight into the playoffs, that, that would be lovely. But uh, everything everything worked out this uh, this last game, including the, the teams that, that – needed to lose do you do you feel do you believe do you have freedom to dream do you believe now that we stand a legit shot of potentially doing this um yeah yeah why not you know because because why not us why can't we i mean because ideally what we'd have to do is like win out to give ourselves a prayer right so why can't we do that because it seems that that seems to be the that seems to be the the trend now like i feel like we're never losing again so this works if that's the plan if not now, when? Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to choose the time to turn it on, I mean, this is a great time to do it. This is, this and is we're technically not in last place anymore, and that goes to Toronto, who's played three more games with us and have three less points. We are a massive club. Absolutely massive. 14th, baby. And, um, yeah, mathematically, it's certainly still possible. I think even if we lost, like, two, maybe even three games, there there could be some love from from the soccer gods but uh welcome everyone to the inter miami podcast i am jay kington joined by mr cali rutia nailed it thank you been working on it e i am cf traveler how we doing boys hey you know i'm feeling good uh you know it's always nice to come off you know two more straight victories for this inter miami squad that looks scarier by the day and you know it Gives you some false sense of hope and security as you know, we head into this extremely busy run of the season and a run of the season where Miami will be missing multiple key players at points. Don't get ahead of yourself. We're going <laughs> to be getting to this. There is there is plenty to discuss on this uh, this episode. We do have two games though, and I just want to get right into it. This Open Cup semifinal against FC Cincinnati, just when you thought that maybe the most stressful game in Inter-Miami history, like that one's done and, you know, the rest of the season will be fun. Nope, 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 nope. Right, right back to it, man. Right back to uh, only a few days off, barely any time to rest, and then we get thrown into a wild game going down and clawing our way back, going up, then Equal, and then we go to penalties again. And I was at that moment like, "Oh my shit!" My heart cannot take this. Like literally, not like my heart. Like my heart, it's bad for my heart and my health to go through back to back games uh, that stressful. What were you? Were you guys having the same thoughts, or do I just have a weak heart? No, man. Uh, we were all right there with you. It, it was. I mean. As much of a roller coaster as we've experienced in terms of how the game played out, right? Because we we go down one uh, zero before the, uh, at the half, and then almost right out of the gate, Brandon Vasquez gets her second one, and then slowly but surely we claw back, and it looks like we're gonna win. And then Kubo buries one in the 114th minute, where it sends us to PKs. And uh, yeah, it was a roller coaster. That it was, I was emotionally drained at the end of it but we're here baby we're ready to play in a final 
ready to play a final. I hope it's not intense, but uh, yeah, I mean, this one, you know, started, started fairly early. I mean, you could tell Cincinnati crowd was, was certainly hyped and it was only 18 minutes when uh, Lucho Acosta found the back of the net off a really, really cheeky play. And then, um, you know, going to half, trying to regroup and come out of half, and boom, Brandon Vasquez uh, and Rich. I mean, everyone knew these two players were going to be probably the two biggest threats to score, uh, and, and then we're we're down two zero. This the stress started to set in. I I even was like in my head, like you know what, we just won the league's cup. Like if it's finally the time where we lose because we're so exhausted from going, you know, every single game with like a, a, a three day break. Uh, you know, so be it. And I almost resigned to that notion. But then I was like, hey, like, we have Messi. Like, I, I feel like for the first time, and even going back to the Dallas game, even being down two goals in that one, I, like, I still wasn't resigned to the fact that we were losing. Like, we would be for the past three seasons. Like, there's always going to be uh, a hope and a chance. And then we just see we just see magic happen with, uh, with Leo Squared. Which I mean, shout out! I only see. I think Trav, you, you dubbed that. I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, if you can't make an impact scoring, you can certainly make an impact with with assisting and with controlling play and controlling the attack and uh, beautiful balls into to Leo to to equalize it. Um, in the what minute was that? In the uh, 68th minute and then i mean we are going way into to overtime i mean 90th plus seventh literally the dying dying embers of the game and yet again campana finds some space on the same page as messi don't pass it to where your 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 guy is pass it to where he's gonna be and where he can find space and uh i mean i literally jumped up on my couch like i was a, a child and was yelling and then was told to shut up by Chloe because of the baby sleeping. It was, it was certainly an intense, uh, an intense finish. And then this leads us to the part. All right, before we get to the end of this game, this is a solid argument for this debate that's been going on, really, like who should be the starting center forward? Should it be Campana? Should it be Joseph? Did this game sway your mind at all, Callie? Um, yeah, but, it, I mean, to be fair, I always thought that and me obviously having more limited knowledge than Tata or the guys in the club, I always thought Leo should have should be the guy. But obviously he sees something in Joseph. Maybe it's familiarity from Atlanta or whatever. But um, I think the proof is in the pudding now, though, man. Like Campana has been. I mean, obviously against Cincinnati he was fantastic, and then we saw you know we saw some more of it uh, this past weekend. But uh, yeah, man, I think I think it's hard to look at the two right now and how they've been performing and think that. Joseph has been better than than Campana. I think I think Campana's earned it at this point. And to to, to play the entire game, right? I mean, it wasn't yeah. like he was subbed on. He started uh, certainly a game changer. Oh, Trav. <laughs> I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna bleep that one out. I'll bleep that out post. Don't worry about that, Trav. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think? You think Campana should be the starter? You think uh, we should still roll with, you know, rotating him about the 60 minute? You know, I think it's very match by match. I think that, you know, Leo Campana was that perfect player to have in that Cincinnati match in late. Now, Cincinnati wasn't giving Miami much. They, you know, really weren't allowing Miami to make entries into the area and into their 18. So to have a big target striker like Leo Campana to be able to just play a magical ball into that's what you need you know but other matches you need a Josef Martinez and you know you need his deadly ability to make runs in behind uh, like we saw you know against Cincinnati in uh extra time and how he made that run in behind uh, off the ball from Ben Ha Kramaski so you know I think both of them have their uses and it's gonna be very match by match for both of them I agree. In, in another game where we, you know, pretty much dominate uh, possession and control, but uh, you know they were very compact uh, on defense and it, really, really struggling to to kind of implement our our will on this team and showed uh, that they could be lethal um, in the moments where they got the ball. I mean, you know, we're talking about um, a, a game where 
they have 22 shots, right? I mean, nine of those being on goal. We only had 11, so we had half that, but, you know, six on goals. But, um, you know, I mean, and honestly, I mean, shout out to the defense for holding it together for the the, the remainder of, uh, of regulation time to, to keep us in that. And, you know, another goal late in that game would, would have certainly been devastating and, uh, and ruled us out. So, um, I mean, many good things to come from that. And then we go into to, uh, to added or extra time, you know, and then um, you see a, a beautiful goal from, from Yosef right off the bat. And then it feels like, okay, the tide had turned in that last goal and that second goal by Leo. And then Yosef comes in and, you know, everything felt good and, and that we might be able to, to finish this out. But then, you know, Kubo comes in and just um, what can he do? I mean, I, I really, I respect him a lot as a player. I mean, he, he, he kind of, kind of reminds me a little bit of Robbie Taylor, you know, like he can play, He's versatile. He can play all over the pitch, and he can do what's needed. And, you know, if he's got to call his own number in, in big-time games, he can. And uh, a beautiful shot that, uh, you know, there's not really anything Drake can do about it. You know, I think he got a little bit of a finger to it, but it uh, goes off. So then we go into uh, to PKs and have another uh, hell of a shootout. Uh, I mean, neck and neck. Each team is making four. Uh, Drake's able to stop Haglin. And then uh, Ben Hawk comes in to, to have another great moment. Uh, in his, I mean, pretty storybook, you know, real f- first season and in, in kind of coming of age um, time or witnessing here where he gets uh, to have the, the fifth penalty and the, the dagger and uh, does it yet again. And all that stress is, is over. And like we've said, I think we've all stated this multiple times, is this was the championship game in our minds. You know, Real Salt Lake, sure, good team. Houston, good team. But Cincinnati is, you know, top of the, top of the East and, leading the supporter shield race and I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be stopped. So this was the hardest game we're gonna play. Now the way the chips fell, uh Houston takes down St. or not St. Louis, Real Salt Lake in a in a pretty crazy game, but gives us home field advantage for the final on nine twenty seven. Quick thoughts. I mean I know that uh, we were discussing potentially flying to, to to Salt Lake, but quick thoughts on the uh the home home field advantage and uh what you're looking forward to on September twenty seventh. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's massive for for the club and for for the supporters, right? We get to, you know, we get we get to, you know, a bunch of us from the Discord and, and beyond f- flew up to Nashville and, and had their some, you know, saw it over there. But to potentially watch us lift a trophy at home at Drive Pink, I, I think is monumental, um, and, and it's kind of the you know the perfect cherry on top to to all this to be able to see this all happen right in front of us, kind of where it all started. And for us, day ones that you know we we've seen some pretty bad teams stroll out to see us with a real chance, and you know, and as favorites, quite frankly, to to win a trophy is is crazy. It's it still feels surreal, like. Even with uh, with Messi's assist the other night, it, it's like it, like it still hits you again and again. Like I can't believe this is happening. Like we've put up for, with so much to finally get to this moment, and uh, winning the League's Cup is is great, and that's awesome, and I loved it. But I think winning the the Open Cup at home, I think I don't I don't think that's a that's going to be matched this season until we get another go at MLS next <laughs> next season. Yeah, I mean. The MLS Cup is mathematically still on the table, but mathematically possible, but not plausible. But two cups, pulling a double, and I'll take a double. Essentially, um, a little over a, a month span, right? Like just wild, just beyond our wildish dreams. Honestly, I mean, and, and none of us really expected this. Uh, the, the the first half uh, of the season. What uh, what say you about uh, about Houston? How do you how do you feel about this game? Are you concerned, or do you think this is um, destined to go our way? Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not really concerned. You know, I think that Miami's going to put out a full strength lineup for it, even if it means going weaker against Orlando and NYCFC in the match prior and following. Uh, you know, in Orlando, uh, not Orlando, Houston is. Honestly, not a great team. They're on a bit of a fairy tale run. Uh, they beat RSL in extra time with the help of a red card or two, uh, just from infuriating the RSL players. And I think as long as Miami's able to keep their cool, then they're going to have a really good shot away in this game at Dry Pink Stadium in front of La Familia. 
So you think that we're going to play this Orlando game. You don't think they're going to reschedule that like they rescheduled us in Orlando last year to assist Orlando's title game against the USL team that they had to spy on to beat? Where are they going to put it? Somewhere. Anywhere. I mean, the schedule is so compact. Well, and they just rescheduled the Charlotte game that was postponed due to the League's Cup final to literally the final week of the season. We now end our season on a home and away against Charlotte with that match coming at the end of the international window. Leo Messi probably won't play in that Charlotte match at home because oh, he's plays a match in Argentina the night before. So it's unreasonable to think that he's then going to play oh, 24 hours later in Miami for Miami. So, you know, I, I don't know where they're going to put it. Can we just throw it in the in the in the the break between the seventh of October and the eighteenth of October? Can we just do that? They'll do it for Messi. If we just, I I fully believe the the league will do it for Messi. Like, yeah, if we got to play two academies, we'll play two academies against each other. That's fine. We all know how that went. The the day I like genuinely like I I throw away an MLS game for for this. Like, just fucking do it. I don't give a fuck. Let's win this thing. (laughs) It's so it's gonna get convoluted, right? Like, what if? Do we need that game? Do there's a lot. There's a lot of game. There's a lot of football between now and September 26th, so it's easy to say that on what is it, August 28th. But our, you know, our, things could look a lot different from now, a month from now, and who knows? But like, if you're asking me right now, like, bro, like, and the thing is, it's like, okay, because between now and then, we're, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna play against uh, Sporting KC with almost nobody. Yep. You know, so that that we we might have to just chalk that one up as as a loss, or you know, you know, if, if the stars align, we we can draw. You know, we can bring out a draw from the depths of hell. But uh, you know, man, and the thing is, man, I think if you have a chance for a trophy, you fucking go for it, man. Like, how do you how do you not? You got to go for it. I mean, I, I agree with that, and I think you know, that's the only way to do it is to go for it, but. At the same time, you know, what are you going to do with these matches? You know, Miami is looking at playing a match pretty much every third or fourth day for the Mm -hmm. next two months. Mm -hmm. And this includes a, you know, Leagues Cup matchup, uh, not a Leagues Cup, a U.S. Open Cup matchup, MLS games that are still remaining, MLS games that we're going to play with basically Inter-Miami 2, who are dog shit, by the way. No, so hashtag uh, fire Fede Higuain. Uh, Ooh, rid herself of that plague. Oh, but it, it's an extremely busy stretch. I think if anything happens to that Orlando match, I think it gets moved back a day, gets moved to Saturday instead of Sunday. But I can't see much more happening, especially with where that Charlotte match was put. I mean, honestly, we could roll that on a Friday. It's like there is there is a little bit. We of... play on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, the dates are off. Mm. Yeah, gosh. I mean, it, 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 it's going to be tough. And even Tata mentioned this. Like, he, like what we're seeing now is a, is a, a very ad hoc uh, inter Miami, and they're still playing so well. He hasn't had the time to really fully implement every aspect of his system and philosophies because they don't have the time. It's finish a game, recover, and then you're game planning for the, the game coming up in a few days. And it's going to be... Uh, a very hectic finish to the season, and it's n- probably not going to get any easier next season. Considering we're going to have League's Cup again, the Open Cup again, we're really going to be fighting for honestly probably the Supporter Shield, if not uh, MLS Cup as well, and the Concacaf Champions Cup. So, however many games into the fifty count that is, it's it's going to be uh, a, a lot of wear and tear. The good thing is now we're starting to see the U twenty twos really be integrated. All that money from the young studs from South America coming up. So um, let's just enjoy this ride while we can. And, I mean, the good news for the for the fans is, you know, you don't have to wait very long for the, for the next game and the next game and the next game. But we did get back into the regular season of the MLS Cup. We did reschedule that Charlotte game, which we already mentioned, because uh, we were playing in the League's Cup final. So we go up to New York Red Bulls to start this monumental task of digging ourselves out of last place uh, in the league with a, a substantial point differential. 
And of course, uh, you know, we did get some luck in the uh, in the other games, but I got to be, you know, full disclosure. It's been an intense month and a half traveling, covering all these games, doing media responsibilities, trying to do that while also trying to raise a young baby, raise a growing boy, and then try and put some time into my relationship. So I did have to opt for date night on Saturday. So Callie and Morgan, I'm excited. Take the reins of this ship. That doesn't make any sense. Take the reins of this horse and guide us through that lovely win we had up against New York Red Bulls. Um, man, I, I think we played well. Um, and I also will couple that with saying that I don't, I think Red Bull didn't play very well. They played that kind of typical Red Bull, like high press, um, ultra aggressive way that they, they typically do and what that they're known for. Um, and, uh, we saw, you know, we always saw Gomez finally kind of, you know, you know, break the ice and, and he got that goal. And, uh, but even being up one nothing, it felt like we were it felt like we were in control. Like I, I, it never really felt like we were ever going to lose a lead, or I never felt, at least for me, it never felt like we we were really threatened all that much. And I, and I don't think Red Bull are very very good up front. Um, and then we all saw, at, you know, towards the end, you know, Messi comes on and and the assist after handling and dribbling through four or five guys that just didn't know what the hell they were doing, that perfect, perfect pass to, to Benjamin. People were talking about Messi's pass there, but people aren't mentioning um, Benjamin's ability to get there, mm-hmm. to be there, to read that, to get to that spot, and then just put it right back into the box for uh, for Messi to tap it in. So, Wow. And uh, no one's really talking enough about... Jordi Alba's overhead kick to Messi yes. in the box. Like, what? I, I got the alert and I watched it. I was like, no, no way. Like that, just that whole sequence was was absolutely nuts. And in a game where statistically, for the first time since Messi, we were slightly edged out on possession. 50.2 to 49.8. Uh, but um, we go up there. We we get the job done. Um and for Diego Gomez to score, uh, I think is massive, right? Because we want to give we want to give these these young U twenty two initiatives all the juice and and, and confidence uh, that they have. And coming into a game where I almost felt bad, I watched you know the the first few moments of the game and um, kind of felt bad, but was also kind of like laughing at their. Uh, at their expense because Messi doesn't start, right? And there was a store, this lady who sold two of her supporter tickets for $700 each and was able to fund her ACL surgery. And whoever bought those tickets are like, damn, we got ripped off. Like, we were coming up here, and I heard that the crowd was chanting, we want Messi, we want Messi. But uh, it's good to see the, the the young guns, you know, stepping up there, and Fagundo Farias and Tomas Avila. So, like, there's... There's still so much that we're going to see them grow. It's going to be great. Trav, what were your thoughts on on the the young ones? Because I know you've been very high and very excited about them. You know, I think that, you know, seeing this production out of Diego Gomez, Facundo Farias, and Toto Alves uh, is really promising. You know, Toto had a relatively good match playing as one of three center backs. Uh, Facundo Farias looked very lively up top whether it was on the left wing or more centrally in the later stages of the game. And Diego Gomez, you know, great touch on his goal to bring it down from Noah Allen and to slot into the back of the net inside the 18-yard box. Uh, It's really promising to see these kids perform because they're going to be relied upon as Miami enters these games where they play without uh, Lionel Messi, without possibly Jordi Alba. And, you know, possibly more, you know, Diego Gomez is obviously a special case. He will not be here for the September 9th game. He has been called up to the Paraguay national team. Uh, And, but, you know, Miami will still have Toto Alvias and Facundo Farias. You know, it doesn't look like they'll be called up. So, you know, a lot of potential, a lot of promise there. And these are the kids that 
you know, for Miami, they're the future. These are the guys who they're going to sell to Europe in, you know, one, two, three years and be able to then build the next great Inter-Miami team after the Lionel Messi era is over. It really does snowball. It really does snowball. And we're going to get to the rest of the call-ups. And um, I saw some some interesting lineups coming from uh, from the Discord today on, on potential, you know, how we might come out. You know, missing several of our players, many of our players, due to to this international window, and, and maybe the effects of was the Borgelin loan the best timing to do it, or uh, we can get into that in a bit. But we did have uh, three, well, I guess rather two players and uh, our coach pop up on the MLS team of the week, which is always good to see uh and that brings us to the fun part which <laughs> pissed off a lot of people i love just there's part of me that likes to see the world burn you know and the hatred of of us getting messy and all the conspiracy theories and the league's rigging it and da 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 so now the power rankings come out and everyone's throwing a fit that we're too high we're the last place team in the league and like, well, maybe maybe some people struggle to differentiate between league standings and power rankings and what those two mean by definition. But we, we do have uh, two. I mean, it depends. Sometimes the MLS is a little bit more friendly. But uh, ESPN has us at number eight. And ESPN just dropped this uh, today. They're a little quicker. Um Whereas the MLS drops it typically on Tuesday and they've got us at seventh. And then we've got, you know, Orlando fans all mad because uh, we're so much, you know, higher and, and, and above them, even though we took them down, took down the supporter shield leaders in Cincinnati, took down Nashville. Uh, and I mean, we're going to make our way through these, uh, these top tens. It's going to be fun. And not to mention as well, the union, but to seven and eight, do you guys feel that's appropriate? I'm really going to be keeping an eye on on the mls dropping theirs uh tomorrow do you think that's an an accurate representation would you push us even higher or would you have us a little lower because we are you know now the 14th ranked team in the east um you know kind of like how you mentioned it's so important to differentiate between standings and power rankings power rankings are more uh more of a condensed recent scope of how you're playing, whereas standings is obviously your your official standing within the league. Um, that being said, I mean I don't, I don't think there I don't think there's an argument that Miami's been the best team in MLS in the, for the last you know month or so with with Messi getting here. Um, I mean we we haven't lost. Uh, you know yeah we've we've gone into PKs and stuff like that, but we've you know we've won and we've played well. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that. I, I I mean, I guess like, you know, through my, my pink and black, my Rosé Negra lenses, it's, you know, I'd say we're, we're the best right now, but I don't have a problem with it. And I think people put a lot of weight into power rankings when the fact is, is they don't matter for much except for eye candy for fans and banter right just mid yeah, banter, banter yeah. you know so yeah orlando fans are gonna be pissy like a bunch of fans are gonna be pissy like everyone's already pissy at us because we're because we got messy and you know everyone's up in arms about it as if they wouldn't be thrilled if their team signed messy but i am completely content <gasps> being the villain of the league i'm completely happy being the one the most hated i'm most i'm absolutely ecstatic to to finally have something like that <laughs> down here so you know, it's kind of like like LeBron era heat, right? Like everyone everyone hated us because we were the best, and because people were like, "Oh, they got a super team." Together. Like, yeah, sure, we did, and you would too if you had the chance. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and cry about it. I'm gonna enjoy it while it's happening, and then, you know, you you can be mad, and I'm okay being the villain. I'll be the villain gladly. Well stated. Hate us because the anus. Yeah, and if does exactly. it, Jay. it, it you stole it from me. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy, but. Uh, it, Again, there is a small part of me, like, you know, the whole mission of, of always doing this was to spread love, positivity, awareness, try and get as many people into this, to this team as possible. Always do the right thing and, and, and try and be a good person. But deep down, what you don't see is the dark side of me that likes to watch it burn. And I like seeing people all up in their feelings. Just like you said, Callie, like we're, we're horrible. We're cheaters. Like they wouldn't have been ecstatic if the same thing happened to them. 
Like they're mad that uh, a, a superstar, a demigod, chose to live in Miami over Columbus, Ohio. Like that's not Shocking. our fault. All right, like that's not that <laughs> be is, better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> be have, in a better location. Don't be in the Midwest. Yeah. This would never happen to you. Have a, a, a better city, Trav. What do you you put us higher than that? You think that's fair for for kind of everything in this season, or what are your thoughts? Uh, I think you know putting us eighth, which is I think where we were today. I, I think that's fair for where Miami is right now. Well, Miami theoretically hasn't lost in what eight straight matches at this point and you know they look unbeatable when a certain Lionel Messi is on the field and you know they even showed against Red Bull New York that they can do it without Messi now Miami struggled a little bit later in that game but for the most part had that match under control without Lionel Messi and without Sergio Busquets on the field so I feel like you know, it's fair for where this Miami team is at this point in the season. If you take the entire season and include the pre-Messi era, then yeah, it's a different story. But right now, with where we are in the season, it's fair. All right. And one more little accolade to shout out to the MLS. You know, has been doing this young players, you know, kind of week to week. And uh, match day 28, uh, young players who performed or overperformed uh, number one on the list, Diego Gomez, baby. So shout out to him. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, seeing what was it like $15 million a total uh, in total to, to, to integrate these three and, and get them over here. So uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And we're back in action on Wednesday. So again, you know, not a long break. And this is very... Um, cruel in my eyes, but again, in the spirit of <laughs> watching the world burn, why the hell not? On Wednesday, 8.30, not at 8.30, August 30th, taking on Nashville in our regular season game after taking them down in the League Cup final. The best part about this to me is we're going to be doing the trophy presentation to the fans because it's our first home game back um and to do it while we're also playing the team we beat is just beyond uh i don't know poetic justice serendipitous it's just it's absolutely uh hilarious to me just flat out funny man like it i I love it i feel bad for nashville (laughs) like for the players for gary smith just to because i i I don't know if they've if they've mentioned more about it i'm assuming that it's going to be at halftime Right, so I, you know, I don't think they're going to do this. I've like, heard it's pre-match. Oh, pre-match. Okay, well, <laughs> whatever they want to do, that's, that's hilarious. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, right? I mean, yes, we are, we are feeling ourselves right now. We are maybe a little cocky, but Nashville is a very, very sturdy team. We just went all the way to the wire, eleven <laughs> rounds of PKs against them, um, and now we get to get them up here. Um, but you know, they did have a bit of a bit of a rough week they got absolutely slaughtered by atlanta four to zero so they're probably a little down on their spirits but also wanting to to kind of um you know not only get some revenge on us but get back into the into the form uh they're used to and i mean i feel like we just spoke on them but team defensively uh disciplined uh they are so great at keeping formation uh at condensing as the pressure's coming of stacking the box, of hitting, executing low blocks. And then, you know, you've got studs on the, the counterattack. You've got Moyle, you've got Fafa, who terrorized the wing. You've got Surridge, who is going to be such a stud in this league, depending on how long, you know, he's going to be here for. Then, of course, the reigning MVP, Honey, Honey Mukhtar. Um, given our frequency of games, there's probably still going to be some resting and some rotating going on. But are you guys... Um, do you guys feel this is going to be a battle? Do you feel like it might be a little different in in our domain at Drive Pink, or what are your thoughts on this game coming up on Wednesday? Um, it, it's it's weird because it, it not to not to call it a trap game because you know obviously Nashville are, are a good team and and you know I said it in the Discord and I and I you know I said it to others that you know you can argue that for the ninety minutes of of regulation time Nashville looked better than we did. Um, you know, 
they're they're a very good team, man. I I wouldn't be shocked if they you know they came in here and and brought us back down to the wire. Again, never lose again. But if if one feels like it has that possibility, it's kind of this one just because. Again, we've played so much lately, and you know we're still kind of, kind of coming down off off of this high a little bit, and you know we're gonna lose eventually. Are we? I don't know. I've been <laughs> saying we might not lose for two and a half years. Hey, maybe maybe not, but you know it, it's just it's one of those games that kind of feels a little funny. A weekday game, you know. I don't know. I still. I mean, at the end of the day, we have Messi, we have Boosie, we have Alba, we have Leo. You know, it, it, it's it's hard to to bet against us right now. <laughs> It is. Trav, nervous? Another I, walk in the park for us? What do you think? I think Nashville just got battered against Atlanta, uh, and Atlanta's worse team than us. So I think that, you know, in front of the home fans, Miami's going to go for it. They're going to go for this game. You know, I think that if you look at the two matches this week, you know, against Nashville and against LAFC, this is the match to go for. Oh, you're not necessarily going directly up against Nashville for a playoff spot, but anytime you can take points away from another Eastern Conference team, that's what you want to do. So I think that, you know, Messi, Busquets, Alba all start this match, and Miami goes for it from minute one. They want to not only raise the trophy in front of the fans, they then want to give them a reason to celebrate as they leave the stadium. That's fair. That is very fair. And we... Like it's not it's not gonna be easy, right? It's not a walk in the park in terms of, of, of getting into the playoffs. Like we know it's an uphill battle, we know it's mathematically uh possible, but there are a lot of things that are in our favor. Like we have the, the games in hand, which we're going to, you know, play catch up over the next couple months, right? There are eleven games left of the regular season, and then we have the, the one uh, open Cup final. So essentially, thirty-three points on the line is is what we're looking at here. the The number that I keep hearing is about forty-five, forty-six points is probably you know going to se- secure us where we need to to be. And you know, we're at twenty-one points right now. So we're looking at about uh, what is that? Twenty-four points out of thirty-three, right? So that gives us about three games. Maybe four if the soccer gods are, are with us, where we could stand to lose or maybe drop some in draw, right? But it is still mathematically possible. Again, a lot of six-point games coming up as well. You know, we're playing basically everyone that's above us. All of our competition is going to be playing each other and knocking them off. So the more, the more lower teams that can knock off those kind of lower mid-level teams like right like the Atlanta the National the Montreal the Chicago or the more draws we can get between those uh you know the 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 better it's gonna it's gonna work out but we're gonna really have a much better idea of where we stand because again this schedule gets very compact uh we're going to run through what is this says that seven six six league games just in September and um then we got three, I don't know, four more in October. So these catch-up games are gonna are gonna happen. We're gonna have that still that extra game in the season, right? It's gonna come down to probably decision day, and then we'll still have a, a game to catch up the way that the, the schedule is looking. So it's gonna be a pretty exciting, probably nervous finish to the season because even though the double's on the table, right, and it looks like that's in our favor to at least have two trophies on the season, but. Why not go for the treble, right? Why not go for three trophies in a year? It would be absolutely phenomenal. But yes, right? Three, potentially four games mathematically, we could maybe lose three, draw one, something like that. We could drop we could drop some points here and there and still be fine. And we're gonna be put to the test because we're gonna we're about to come up on this international window. And you know, you already mentioned Diego Gomez getting called up to, to Paraguay. We've got Eddie Ascona. Uh, getting called up to the Dominican Republic. We've got uh, David Ruiz getting called up for Honduras, Yosef uh, as well. So that's just the first four. Like, I think we don't even have to assume that Messi is getting called up. Um, Busquets probably will not. Busquets are quite retired from international okay. duty. Now, Alba, he was just captaining them. And the, the Nations League game. So that's going to be uh, as well one to watch. He, To my knowledge, he isn't retired. Is that correct? Do you know anything about that, Trav? 
Uh, that's correct. He has not retired from uh, international duty yet. But he captained like, them when they won the tournament. Too, yeah, so. exactly. And that was just what, last year, I believe. Um, and so then we look at the other players that we're probably going to lose, right? Solid chance. Campana's going to get another shot with Ecuador. Uh, probably a done deal that uh, the, the Finnish Messi, Robbie Taylor's going to go represent uh, his country. And then, you know, we'll see kind of how it shakes out. We've got Drake going. Um, Kramashki. I feel like there's one more I'm missing. Yedlin probably. Yedlin. Yeah, yeah, there we Yedlin, go. So probably. Kamal. David Ruiz. Kamal. Kristoff. Kristoff. Uh, uh, Shit. Leo Campana probably. Yeah, we said that one. Shit, like, right? Like, whew. So <laughs> it, it's a long list. Not great. So, Not so here's what I came up with. Here's what I think Miami puts out on uh, September 9th against Sporting KC. In net. Dos Santos mm-hmm. sees his MLS debut See. at left back. Noah Allen mm-hmm. at center back Toto at center back. Ryan Saylor. Yes. At right back. Chris McVay. Yep. Okay. In the midfield. Which one? Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. That could be a lot worse. That could be a lot worse. That could be a lot it worse, could be. Right? We finally have depth for the first time in yeah, yeah. you know, three years. Sailor has looked brilliant at times. McVeigh has obviously yeah, looked has. very just phenomenal at times. And then there's been games where, you know, he has been so great. So I, I, I do want to see McVeigh continue to do well. So, okay, manageable. Go on. Midfield, Jean Mota, Dixon Arroyo, Sergio Busquets. That's solid. I'll take that. Yeah. And then up top, this is where it gets a dicey. little bit more dicey. On the left wing, Robbie Robinson. At striker, Facundo Ferias. At right wing, uh, Nicolas Stefanelli. Ooh. Is he back? He's back. Okay. Per Michelle Kaufman, uh, Stefanelli has already been training with the team. Gregory is a bit behind him. Okay. I mean, that's not there. The issue, though, lies is what comes off the bench. There is no bench. Yeah. That would be IMCF2, guys. That 11's playing 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get another another Izzy Cartwright siding, maybe. Uh, Yeah, get maybe, you know, some Izzy Boatwright, maybe a little bit Tyler Hall. Uh, God, we shipped off all the other good uh, Academy players. Modesto Mendez is gone. Abel Caputo's gone. Uh, we loaned uh, out Shandir Borgelin. We loaned out Harvey Neville. Mm-hmm. Is Lawson Sunderland still around? Uh, Lawson Sunderland would have to be signed to a... No, he wouldn't. He would be an emergency signing. Okay. So you could call up Lawson Sunderland. Can we, uh, can we call back uh, Schneider? Can we just revoke uh, that loan and call him back? Can we call back Harvey Neville so we can have an actual right back? Yeah. It's It's... And, and, let, United's and let's put this into perspective, right? A lot of the games are uh, on September 7th and September 12th. Um, and then there's some, you know, slowing in between there, depending on what country they're representing. So that's going to put us, you know, we got Nashville on Wednesday, LAFC this weekend. Um, the game that that's really, I think the, the fair one to say that lineup's going to be coming out is the September 9th game against Kansas City, ThanFest, also mm. ThanFest 2.0 for the year. And then... Even if it goes to 12th, I mean, these players might be coming back and in theory could probably get back in time for the for the Atlanta-Miami game on September 16th. Um, and then, what, one more, another international break coming up in, what was that, October? Yes. And so then we're probably going to be missing, depending on how that one lays out, potentially that first, you know, back-to-back against Charlotte or or maybe even Cincinnati. So um, we are going to see exactly how much Messi is meant to all of this, right? Because I think a lot of players have been elevated. Their confidence is high. Can we do without our starters? Can we hold – can we just hold to a draw? Like even getting a point out of those I think is absolutely <laughs> crucial. But, man, it's going to be uh, a challenge for the team. It's also going to be very interesting to see all these players who 
have not started together and have not all seen the pitch together, how they can come together in the, you know, the, the, the weeks that they're needed. Yeah. I think we just need Gregory back. Simple as get that. Gregory. Yeah. I mean, get Gregory back by that's uh SKC match. Boom. Done and sorted. Moda. Well, we win Moda, that match Dixon off and Gregory. Gregory uh, that's a, that's a, well, you'll have Busquets. You'll have. Busquets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, but so, at least there's rotation there, right? If we need, yeah, yeah. You know, and if anything, then if you have Gregory back, you play a fourth midfielder, play Stefanelli and Farias up top. You can leave Robbie Robinson on the bench so that he can puke in the 70th minute when he gets subbed on, <laughs> and just call it a day. And just what go four four two? Yeah, yeah. Four four two diamond. Yeah. Tata won't do it. Uh, I'll preface all of this by saying Tata won't do that. Tata loves his five three two or four, or four three three. He won't budge off the two of them. We can't play a 5 3 2 because I don't know who the fuck we would play it right back unless it's going to be Izzy Boat, right? I want full man city. I want 3 2 4 1. Right? <laughs> just have, l- l- just have listen, Busquets Jeff. and Gregory holding it down and then you, just the, the rest of them all up top attacking. Have, you can even have Fagudas up, up top. Like, I, I, I don't even care. Or, or, like, have Farias up top. Like it, it does not matter to me. Just just go to the all out four midfielders up into the attack, just moving that ball around. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see what Zata does because I mean, kinda how we mentioned earlier, like they haven't really trained or anything like that. There hasn't been too much time to like refine or tinker or anything. Like it's just uh, like we play, we rest, yeah, and we're hopping on the plane for the next one. You know, it's it's um it's going to be interesting, and and you know, it's, but it, it'll be good for some of the young guys to get some opportunities. You know, hopefully these guys training with Messi every day elevates their game a bit, and and we can at least you know salvage a couple draws or something like that, and we'll be all right. But I mean, I think after the the LFC game, the 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 practices are probably going to be you know a, a team versus B team a lot, and just get get that that squad that's going to be playing together in that KC game. Try and get them as much training time as you can so they can try and get that chemistry and cohesion up and you know if, if that's the case then they're playing against obviously some of the the you know best players in the history of the, the spanish national team as well so we'll see how that works out um but moving on let's not beat a dead horse any more than we need to uh there was a nice update that came out today trav it looks like we are finally breaking ground on miami freedom park Timelines. I've seen a lot of people saying this is going to be ready in 2025. I'm still have such little confidence in Miami politics, but at the same time, the highest level of confidence in Miami construction companies. What well, are we at this at? point, it's no longer Miami politics that matter. It is Miami construction. How quickly can they build this thing? Because we're not going to run into they, any green, green space issues with no, the city or the county? They've had their plans approved. They picked up their permits. They've begun construction. The only way that I see Miami running into issues with this is if the city says or the county says, we don't like that, you know, you're basically only building the stadium and, you know, the important things, the stadium, the parking lot, the shops and restaurants around it that you're building that first and then everything else is going to get kicked down the road. That's a very big flashback to a uh, dry pink stadium and the supposed park that has never been built in the yellow lot. And that was pushed out again this year when Lionel Messi signed Uh, you know, but I do think that Miami is working honestly and, you know, will build those things. They're just going to focus on getting the stadium up. And I think a two year uh, window to do that is very realistic. You know, they'll, do everything in phases. The remediation will start with just that area. They'll finish that area. Remediation will move on. That area will then start its next step. Mm-hmm. And everything will be phased out so that the first thing up is the stadium. So that all that matters is second half of 2025. We can set up, you know, a game, you know, like let's say against Orlando and be like, this is the first ever game at Miami Freedom Park. Pack the house, boys. I thought there was a stipulation that they couldn't build above three feet without completing the green space first. I thought that was worked into this deal. Well, then they just don't remediate the green space. Fucking grass. That's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's green space, isn't it? <laughs> I think, it's if a, Miami I think green space is a term for park. I think that's what Miami, the city wants. They call it a park. Vista View Park in Weston is a literal fucking landfill. Now, if if that's a park and we're not allowed to have some shitty old golf course and call it a park for you know two years while we build something on it, then what is? Now, where are my kids going to get more damaged at? At Vista View playing on top of an old landfill where they may or may not find a needle or on top of a old golf course where a bunch of people, you know, play golf for years on top of arsenics and uh, <laughs> Miami trash and probably crack cocaine. That is the most South that's, Florida. Yeah, that's all right. Story I've ever heard. Trash and heroin needles or deadly levels of arsenic whatever whatever and we wonder why the cancer rates are so high in this country (laughs) just to make it an even more florida story there's a lake uh about five minutes away from miami freedom park formerly maori's golf course that was found to have 38 cars in the bottom of the lake (laughs) that's very miami that makes sense i've never seen that article they haven't figured out if there's bodies, drugs, what in there. The answer is yes. Uh, yes. The, the answer is yes. yes. It's always yes. <laughs> to any question that you have, are there yeah. drugs? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is there bodies? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, I mean, come on. It, it's Miami. It's South Florida. It's a city Florida's built on cocaine, run. man. There's, yeah. there's yeah. bodies <laughs> and drugs down there. <laughs> this, yeah. This skyline didn't build itself, right? This wasn't yeah, built on. on it was built on fine on, powder, on, baby. On hope and good intentions. <laughs> yeah. Some fine Colombian Bam Bam. <laughs> Um, all right, moving on to the other exciting piece of news that gained one of the Pod Squad members instantaneous worldwide fame. He's definitely getting it printed out and put on his wall, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to steal the thunder. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead, Trev. Now it's go getting ahead. weird. Yep, go ahead, Trev. <laughs> uh so, Inter-Miami announced the roster and staff details for their academy teams this past week. Uh, Inter-Miami has academy teams ranging from U12 to U19. They play in all different levels of competition. U12 to U18 all play in MLS Next. The U19 play in the UPSL. Uh, and one big name on the U12 academy team, formerly unattached, is... Son of Lionel Messi, Tiago Messi. Uh, Tiago Messi's the 10-year-old oldest son of Lionel Messi. He joins the club after previously being unattached and will be playing two years up on the U-12 squad this upcoming academy season. Sure it's not the U-9 squad? (laughs) There is no (laughs) U-9 squad. Uh, Let me just put this out here for everybody that listens to the pod. In the United States, there is no such thing as an academy under U-12s. U-12 is the the lowest age an academy can be sanctioned in the United States. This is because underneath U-12, they don't want to overwork kids. Uh, You know, academies are required to meet at least four days a week for practice and then often have matches two days a week on top of that. So six out of seven days a week, these academy kids are either practicing or playing. They don't want to do that to, you know, an eight, nine, or ten-year-old. They got to learn how to read. No, they, they got to learn if how only to read. Barely. You know, or else you'll end up like me. <laughs> all of us, probably. I don't, I don't know. All of us. Callie's probably the only one that was actually good in school. It's all right. Only functionally, it's... And now okay. he's he's molding the youth. <laughs> That's horrifying. Is, that is America. <laughs> you gotta love it. Oh, America. All right, let's move into. Uh, we did get a, a couple fan questions. Uh, Lucas, completely random. But do y'all think we'll ever have a club anthem? Is Vivir Mi Vida? Is Miami Congo music not a club anthem? I think he's referring to something What's we that? sing. Like, is there ever going to be official anthem, though? Because they played it at League's Cup after we won. And I just don't remember if it was uh, Miravita or uh, La Gozadera. Well, I know the Vermi Vida is is traditionally played after we score. But, like, then we go, like, when we were up to to Nashville, I I think the game, I think the song they sing is called Esta Noche or Buena Noche, something like that. 
you know, I, I don't remember what they played post match when we like finally officially won and they played our song. But are we going to have a song that we're all singing? Are we going to have to the Tottenham fan when the Saints go marching in to the Scouser? You'll never walk alone. Are we ever going to have... Did I share that video with you guys of the, the football hooligans singing Savage Gardens? Yeah. Madly, yeah. deeply, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I have one very simple answer. <laughs> and I know what it is. That is Baby by Justin Bieber. Uh, we're going to reword it to instead of Baby, Baby, Baby. We're going to reword it to... Messy, 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 messy. You're welcome. Yep. It's up. Callie, don't give me that unapproving look. I'm going to isolate that. Smug and... asshole. Smug. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, th- just knowing the culture of the fan base and, and the club, I, I don't think that's something that at least. Oh, fuck. It's got to be Spanish. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Right, it won't right, be. I mean, messy, messy, typically in Spanish if that's what we're doing, but, um, I no, think that I mean, we'll steal that from the heat. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I just don't think that's the way we roll here. But yeah, I mean, we have some 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 chants that we have from the from the North Stand that are, are kind of staples. But I think that's about as far as it goes. Fair enough, Kelly. I'm white. You are. You damn right. Yeah, you are. I know. <laughs> but, um, I don't yeah. know where the uh, the Discord channel disappeared to, but it was something. What is more likely? Um, I'm oh, was it from 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 Dragger? Uh, what would surprise you more, uh, making the playoffs or Messi's body body art getting slammed or something like that? Yeah, something like that. I don't know why the channel just disappeared on me. Well, you got you got you're a victim of Thor's hammer. That <laughs> could be it. Um, what repeat it uh, for me? Do you see? Yeah, uh, okay. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, what would be more shocking, Miami missing out on the playoffs or Miami's bodyguard getting slammed? My, Messi's bodyguard getting slammed. That, dude, bodyguard that, that slammed. dude looks like a killer in the best yeah. way. Not not being derogatory. I believe he's ex ex Navy uh, Seal. Ex Navy Seal. Okay, I was gonna say. I thought it was actually forces. a super nice guy in person too, and perfect beard. Yeah, staggering. Beard. Um, I was actually well, you know, a bunch of us got together at, at Mike's house on. Uh, on Saturday to watch the game and uh, we were actually talking about it and how like someone will go to take a picture with Messi and he'll just like in the most like coy but like quick quickest way possible like take their hand off of him and stuff like that and how he literally like tracks with him up and down the field as he's running like I'm very convinced that guy can can murder somebody with like a hand tied behind his back and like blindfolded rip your throat out and put it in your hand before you hit the ground yeah, I'm, I'm convinced he can kill somebody, and just you never hear of that person again. That's it. Yeah, until you find uh, that w- lake. W- one. <laughs> <day>. <laughs> How you do know, you think one, they got there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one day Jay was here, the next day he was gone. Oh goodness, no! You know, he got good. too close. Mike's got to watch himself. Mike's gonna get rear naked chokeholded to death. Um, Maybe that's what he's into. I mean, come on. And to be fair, just to bring this back to a little bit of, of reality. Um, I don't think Miami missing out on the playoffs would be necessarily shocking. It's such an uphill battle to climb. We'll know a, a much better picture, I think, mid-October of is this really feasible. And, you know, depending on how the next, you know, three, four games, no, we'll, we'll probably have a, a good idea. But whatever, man. You know what? This whole season, we basically wrote off. We didn't even expect Messi to have this big of an impact. We thought it was going to take the rest of the season to really get on the same page to walk out of here with already – one trophy is beyond our wildest dreams. And if we can make it two, then uh, we'll be happy with, with just that. But you know what? The treble's still on. There's still a chance. And that's all we've ever we've ever really wanted is, is just a chance and a realistic um, dream and, and some real hope that we can come back in these games where we're down multiple goals. Any Anything is, is possible. It's, it's absolutely a uh, wild time. But I think that kind of wraps us up here. Do you guys have any uh, any other announcements or anything you wanted to bring up, discuss? Anything in your personal life? If you had to get rear na- uh, rear chokeholded by Robbie Robinson or Messi's security guard, who would you choose? <laughs> Robbie? Rob, Robbie gets thrown around. So Didn't he try and ch- like get someone in a headlock or something? They just, like, well, against Tormenta last yeah, year? Yeah, against yeah. Tormenta last year. I'll take year. Robbie all day. Uh, can I request Ryan Saylor? 
Well, no, because then you get be, gratification yeah, out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's not supposed to be uh, be that enjoyable. No. But because um, then, because then, if you did that, I would just request like, oh, Coco Jean, Ben Hakramaski. He's eighteen. I can say that. Uh, <laughs> now we're making it weird. Yeah, yeah I was going to say something, but I'm not even going to go. But yeah, now, now, now we're getting strange. Well, let's just thank everyone for tuning in <laughs> to, the, uh, to the Inner Miami podcast. Uh, again, I'm Jay Kington. Uh, shout out to the homies from the uh, Inner Mommy Podcast Universe. I am CF Traveler and Callie for joining us uh, today as we continue this uh, kind of new format. We're rotating everyone in. And, uh, I really like it, man. I, I really do like it. Uh, we got Trav Chats coming up on Thursday. I think you've committed to that. So that'll be fun. Join us live on Twitter. Join uh, Trav live on Twitter. I will maybe pop in there if I can. X. X. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot we have to read I will not. I will not call it X. There we go. I like that. Take that stance. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to identify is. We won't judge you either way. It's at Enter MIA Podcast on Instagram at Enter Miami Podcast. Follow Traveler at IMCF Traveler. Follow Cali at Cali U44. 44. Damn. All right. So close. I was going to say 22. Um, yeah. That's my Instagram one. There we go. And as we end every single episode. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs>